Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. When I tell you I'm excited, I'm well excited. My good, 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 good. I don't know how much more good I need to put behind this, but my good, good friend Roxanne is here long, long overdue to sit in the chair. But Roxanne, welcome to Carry On Friends. Thank you for having me, Carrie. And let me add another good on top of it. Good, 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 as in fam friends. Glad to be here finally. It's long overdue, as you've rightfully said. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, but not before it's time. That's what we say, right? That's what our energies always kind of believe as well. So why don't you tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are, Caribbean country you represent, and what you do? So my name is Roxanne Chin, and I am a fashion designer, costume designer, and stylist. I am from Montego Bay, Jamaica. Let's just insert that right yes. here. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm a Caribbean girl at heart. Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, when Carry On Friends had their t-shirts, by the way, thumbs up for the merchandising as a style tip, because I had to get my Caribbean boss girl that I love to wear. Um, and you know what? I am just all things fashion, style, and wardrobe. Wow. All right. We're going to get to the fashion, style, and wardrobe. But, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted you on the podcast, because I know your story. And how we end up in our fashion is a long, windy road. <laughs> so let us let me start by asking you, tell me more about what it is to be a costume designer. I think most people have some kind of idea about the fashion part and the styling part, but costume designers specifically, what does that entail? That's actually a great question because people hear the word costume designer all the time and they think that you're doing carnival costumes or the things that people think sometimes it's, it's quite interesting. But a costume designer specifically is someone who tells the story of a, a, a director or whether I'm doing a film, TV, a music video. It's someone who sits with the character for a story and decides what does this character look like? What are the elements of this character? So for example, when we're watching a film, right? Whatever your favorite film is. Um, one of my favorite films of all times is Grease. Um, I had a moment with Grease when I was young. It's the one film that I watch over and over. Uh, as a matter of fact, after this podcast, just saying it, I might just tuck in and watch Grease again tonight. But when you look at these films, you realize that each character had their own personality. It's, it's kind of like reading a script. And these are words, right? And then someone has to take that character off the script and bring them to life. And that's what the costume designer does. So basically, a costume designer gives us the energy of, for instance, one of my favorites is Blackish. That's something that Rainbow would wear if you're into Insecure. That's something that Issa would wear or something Correct. to that effect. So you Correct. give the character it's per their a, a wardrobe, their personality exactly. and the wardrobe to go with the personality. So mm -hmm. Roxanne, how did you get into this? You go to school for it. I'm asking the questions I don't want to answer to, but I need the audience to hear the story. So how did you get into costume design? 
Costume design was this natural trajectory that happened after I launched my fashion line. And I was in LA uh, in 2015, and there was a production that needed help. And I just heard, need help with wardrobe. And I availed myself. And that was a film called Grit. And I came back to New York. And a friend of mine, years later, said to me, she was doing her thesis at a School of Visual Arts, uh, Danae Grandison, who happens to also be Jamaican. She's from Kingston, Jamaica. Uh, she's a director. And she was doing her thesis film, Redefined. And she called and asked, she had an idea of what I did when I was in LA and knew that I was really good with wardrobe and asked me if I wanted to do her thesis film as a costume designer. And I said, absolutely. I believe in showing up. Sometimes you don't really have the tutelage, but you just kind of have the know-how somehow or the faculties to just jump on board. I'm that kind of person who just, well, it's not even just happen. I just feel as though I saw opportunities and I availed myself and I showed up. I just believe no one is going to call you at home sitting on your couch, right? You just have to be in spaces. You have to hear what's going on. You have to be inquisitive enough to find out. You just have to be intrigued enough about the process enough. And that's what I did. And uh, I had these conversations with Danae before. So she knew that I had an interest and she had her thesis film. She asked me to come on board and I did. And when I went, the producer, that School of Visual Arts add to the thesis programs would be professional producers to give the students real life experience. So it so happened that Eva Minimar, who was the producer on her thesis film, asked me for my number right after we were done. She was really proud and happy and excited and ultimately just pleased with the production and asked if she could take my number. Of course, I gave it to her. And a couple of months after she called me for my next short film. And um, it just went from there. You know, you, you show up on a set, someone else remembers you. As a matter of fact, I think it was the first AD on that set who then called me for another one and said, Hey, you know, I, I'm the AD who was on XXX. Uh, you know, we have this film coming up, you know, I wanted to recommend you to the director. Would you be interested? And you know what, Carrie, you just put one foot before the other and you keep moving. And here I am a couple of years after. So I'm really pleased about that path. I'm grateful. I'm really humbled by it. It's amassed quite a bit of experiences that um, I don't even think a school could give me, quite frankly. Yeah. And so the journey to your company, and we didn't talk about the name after how much months and weeks with a labor over the name. Here <laughs> just this name so right. I like the name, uh-huh. I like the meaning, and this to that, because you know, for us, it's about meaning. Oh, yes. I, I think I'm going to go with the name and say, yes, Roxanne, just go with the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carrie, you were quite instrumental in that process. Listen, carry on, friends, fam. Let me tell you, uh, Carrie, most of you may know her from this podcast, but just as her personal friend, I can tell you when you want to just bounce an idea and really get you know, good feedback and somebody who is just a cheerleader. Um, when I say that Carrie and I are fam, it's really fam because man, you just brought me back into a space where we were, uh, 
I had so many names and we went through. You probably know in your memory, you probably know some of the names that we toyed with that we vetoed. And we came down to it and we, we knew it was it. And here we are. So thank you for your contribution with that. You're welcome. So tell everybody now without any more, you know, suspense, the name of the company, <laughs> the meaning behind it and um, why you chose that. I, I know you personally. And I think the reasoning behind you choosing a name is also very important as a lot of our listeners, they are also entrepreneurs and, you know, names carry meanings that go with us through life. And it was very intentional why you chose the name. So why don't you share? Extremely intentional. And to your point, just adding to that, everything has an energy to it. And I believe of the power of life and death is on our tongue. And in that space, anything that I do, I'm always led by uh, just spiritual guidance and talking to God and just meditating and finding that center within me before I do anything. Uh, the first person I spoke to was God. And I asked, you know, I, I just need meaning. And I didn't even want to name the fashion line by my name for some reason. You know, as much as I love my name, it wasn't appealing to me. I wanted something that spoke to the people who I wanted to serve. And those were the women, the goddesses that I got inspired with and through in my life, you know, women who I wanted to create good stories and tell their stories and something that I believe would have left a legacy um, that would, at some point, I won't be here forever. And I would love for that name and the energy of the meaning behind it to live on. So I've always been very intrigued with fashion, art, and mythology. So I started with where I found a home and where I felt comfortable. And in that process, I kept exploring the different uh, goddesses that I loved. I've always been intrigued by Egyptology for some reason. And I came upon Heka, who was the god of magic. And my personality by nature, I am really into mysticism and ethereal experiences. And of course, Heka spoke to me. And when I looked at the meaning for Heka, which meant god of magic, and I, I wanted that name at first, truth be told, just Heka. But then I realized that there was another company, there was a technology company and another international company with um, t-shirts that had Heka. So to not have the brand being confused, I started to explore other names like we talked about before. But I was so torn and wanted Heka and I had to find a way to make it work. And then I thought, you know what? Uh, it's about the feminine divine. It's about the uh, energy of a goddess. So I thought about modifying it with the word femme. And then I put them together and then it was femme heka. And at first I was like, because, mm, you know, at first, you know, you were in love with heka. So, but it grew on me. I loved it. And then it meant magical goddess. Heka, by the way, was before there was duality, right? Before there was male or female. Heka is really just a, a spirit. So it's a, about the magical spirit within each of us. And ka in Egyptian means the personality of a person. So it was just very fitting to call it femme heka. Yes, and I'm so glad because Femheka is doing a lot of big things. You just had a big interview with the Consul General in Miami and all these things. And I'm so proud and excited for you Thank because, you. you know, I know where you've come from in terms of making the decision. So what I kind of alluded to in the beginning, but everyone, Raxan came from finance. 
actually, Roxanne wanted to go to law school, ditch that, yep. and decided yep. that she's going to be in finance. And she worked on Wall Street for a long time. And then 2008, around the crash, yep. was when you started thinking of Femheka, maybe in its infancy, that's where it developed. Yes. So walk me through your career timeline, because, you know, there's always a running joke that, you know, in a Caribbean household, you can only be lawyer, doctor, teacher, or banker, you know, and <laughs> and you tried lawyer, you, you worked in a bank, and then you decide that, okay, you're going to fashion. Fashion? What at? You know, so walk me through your career timeline, because as we were laughing, it still wasn't an easy decision for you because we're all at the time very, it was not no we're very practical logical people yes but at the same time trying to wrestle through is this a good decision to make at the time or at the point of your career so walk us through that that process and that timeline and how you ended up you know where you are because I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are not in what they want to do. So kind of share that story. You used the operative word and it was wrestle. It was a wrestle. Uh, especially just imagine coming from the Caribbean with that cultural baggage on your back, right? Where you feel as though, and this is just real talk, Caribbean people, right? Uh, whether most of us experienced it or not, a lot of us have, I believe that in our community, it is about being, when you're acclaimed, you have a doctor, a lawyer, a banker, to your point, all of these things. And I grew up with a mom who was a teacher, who was a science and math teacher to begin with. So the first thing I thought, as a matter of fact, if you go back to my um, school yearbook called The Citadel, I went to Malta Vernia High in Montigabe, you'll see that for my career, choice. I had aspirations to be a surgeon. I was a science student, but I spent a lot of my time in the art room. I then later migrated to the US in 95 and decided to, and I recognized then how much of an artist I was really, because I just didn't want to go on the science track. You know, it, it was just something that I, I was good at, but it was just not who I was. And I believe in staying true to oneself and being authentic in our walk. Right. And I decided to do journalism because my first love and first talent that I found was actually writing. So I decided to do that on my way to law school. And as you said, did law school for about a year, left Michigan after being on the business desk at the Detroit News for a while, which is actually what piqued my interest in Wall Street because I didn't really grow up in that environment in Jamaica, I was really intrigued as what it was. I have one of those cerebral minds where I really like to learn new things. And I had that experience. So I came to New York uh, thinking that I was coming to the fashion mecca to be a fashion designer or a model and all of that stuff. But you know, reality sets in and you need a job. And I went on Wall Street and luckily for me, I started in the investment programs there as a broker selling stock bonds, mutual funds, like literally speaking to people about their financial wealth and assets, growing their wealth, preserving their wealth, all the way down to estate planning. And my last role was at Merrill, where I was on the marketing strategy team as an assistant vice president. And in 2008, to your correct introduction, the market crashed 
And a lot of programs were dismantled. There were packages that were given, but I had my license. So they asked me to go back to sales to run a sales force of 14 people. And at the time, it was a great opportunity, but it was just a life-defining moment for me just witnessing people who had their boxes every day, packing their boxes, um, crying, seeing how people made life decisions for these companies and ultimately how they were left with the bag. And, and I totally understood that. We get that. It's just what happens in corporate when we don't own our own companies. But there was just something about it at the time when I would listen to a lot of the clients who I was managing their accounts and a lot of them were business owners. And, you know, when you heard their stories through that process actually inspired me too. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, I just wanted to start my own business. And I made a decision to take the package, not to take the role on the sales force. And I wasn't even sure what I was doing at first, quite frankly, I didn't have an exit strategy. And that is what I thought to be a reckless decision at the time, but I was just exhausted. I had done Wall Street for 10 years. And if anyone who understands that world, after a while, it was just like, I don't know if I can do this one more day, really. I still love hearing the bell ring. I still watch the stock market. I still do things for myself, but it was just not where I saw myself on a daily basis. And I asked myself if there was something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, regardless of where it ended up, and just be able to put myself in a position to make some money and also to create my own income stream and to create something because we're just not here forever. And I immediately thought of a fashion line because it was kind of something that I always did, but I thought it was a hobby, or then it was a hobby at the time. You know, I would style my friends, even in high school, I would, you know, create things for my friends. You know, I used to model, so I always had a voice walking for different designers. And I just always sketched, had concepts, had all these magazines. I wasn't even sure why I was piling them up. But here we are. Years later, I made the decision and I really never turned back. I felt like I jumped off a huge cliff and I had no idea what was happening. And I just kept picking up the pieces as it went down. It wasn't an easy path. Uh, I know that it looks very luxurious to many people. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights, lots of sacrifices, and very tough decisions that you have to make for yourself. So I am happy. Thank you for that question. Every time I go through that journey, it re-inspires me, to be honest, because I, I am reminded as to why I took that leap. You know, as you're retelling the story, I'm also reliving that moment because also, that decision wasn't linear. You were even doing publicist things for before we even knew who he now is. You know, the very first pers person that let me know who Protege was was you, Roxanne. You oh, dabbled you. Yes. in a lot of things. And so, even though you knew this is what you wanted to do, you still tried other things on that path. And I think when I finally made the decision to do Carry On Friends, it was because in reflection of a lot of the conversations we have, because we're very cerebral, we're very methodical in our thought process. And at some point, you know, I hear you in my head saying it, Lord Carrie, we just have to make the leap and just jump. Because, <laughs> That's right. because 
we talk so much through the process and we agonize and we rinse it and we we go, we look it up, down, sideways, forward, everywhere, and we just have to And do in every it. language. Every language, every way, with a whole conference with everybody about what they think <laughs> about the decisions. And you know, to the audience listening, if you feel like you're trying to make a decision or go about life figuring it out and you feel something is wrong with you because you're agonizing with this, it's normal. It's part of the process because you're, the reality is you're making a tough decision. Back then, we didn't have Instagram or Twitter or anything to co-sign, to jump. So we only had each other and the conversations to say, why? Yeah, man, do it. Yeah. Uh, let's mm-hmm. think through this, you know. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yes. I think that <laughs> you know? can work. Yes. You know that, what? That, test it, that, out. Test it out and see. Test it yes. out and see. You know yes. what? Worst case, here's what we do. Do yes. this. You know, and to your point, it's an exploration. You know, we're here as travelers in this life. And we have to travel through a couple of different vortexes to find ourselves, you know, and I did try a few things. Thank you for even that reminder. I've been on this fashion journey for a minute that I even forgot that I did hosting. I was helping artists. Uh, I, I was doing a couple of things. I was freelancing. I was trying to figure it out. I started a nonprofit organization, Save Our Jamaica. And then I finally got to a place of saying I need to put the glue together. I need to create something cohesive that can sustain itself. And when it comes to fashion, that was a, I have to admit, a very easy leap for me. I closed my eyes, spread those wings and said fly. And I'm still flying, quite frankly. And pray for me that I land safely because it's uh, absolutely. always, uh, yes, it's all, it's a journey in, indeed. Absolutely. And so, you know, we're going to move on to what you're doing now, but I really wanted the audience to understand if you are currently exploring and you feel like you should just take the leap or jump or you're talking about it too much, it's part of the process. And, you know, I absolutely feel like in that part of your process, you in turn can help someone in your sphere when they are in turn going through a similar exploration and trying to make tough decisions because, you know, these life decisions, they look easy, you know, when people announce it on the social media, but it is hard. So why especially especially when there is sorry to, to interrupt, but especially when there are budgets assigned to that decision. Right. Because ultimately, if we were to make decisions and not have the expense to factor, I think a lot of us would it would be easier if it didn't work. You just try something else. But you have to invest in your dream. And for some of us, that means a lot of sacrifices. I made a lot of sacrifices in doing that. But it meant something to me, and I stuck to that. So for me, if there's anything that I would like to leave with anyone who's listening is to ask yourself, if you are toiling through that decision, how much does that decision mean to you? What can you live without? Remember that everything starts with a trial, and you don't have anyone to prove anything to but yourself. And I think once we get to that space and recognizing that, I was never afraid of failing. And I think that's one of the biggest things that has helped me, if I should be honest. I really am one of those people who, I'm sorry, guys, but I really don't care what anyone else's thought process is because I'm walking with God in this, you know? And 
if God tells me something different, then I will listen. Otherwise, I am just moving with the spirit of God that's within me, the goddess that's within me. As a matter of fact, Carrie, one of the things that I actually need to say is I needed to create the brand with that mythology and meaning because I needed to remind myself in my walk every day. So I wanted to create a meaning that will help other people. And I wanted to remind myself every day. There are moments when I have said, oh my gosh, I need to sleep. This is a lot. Why did I do this? And how, how much money have I spent? All of these different things. We all second guess ourselves. We all think something else. Everybody wants life easy. Everyone wants to sleep, right? We're human beings, right? But ultimately, I'm reminded of what I exclaimed in my brand philosophy, which is the slogan of the brand, awake, live, be magical. That was a call into myself. And I had to hold myself to my words. It's almost like that, the past of herself, looking at this future person right now and saying, this is what we intend to do in this life. So it was necessary to say that, just leap, do what you have to do. Think not about anything else, but what your personal goals are. Uh, make informed decisions for yourself and yourself only, because we just cannot please a lot of people. And along the way, Carrie, there were so many people who ha were fearful for me, right? Oh, you have such a good job. Why are you leaving a job like this? You know, you're one of the few people that can stay. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a recession, the market crash. How are you going to find another job? All of these things. And they meant well, but that was their fear you know, and it wasn't for me to carry. And I'm very proud of myself, if I should say so, that I stuck through something that I truly believed in. And I am now sitting in the aftermath of it and going, wow, imagine had I not taken that leap. I honestly have to tell you that I never could have scripted this. Wow. Um, so many stories, you know, maybe for another time for me personally, but, you know, it is true in this walk or this journey with Carry On Friends, right? And the name, you know, people think, do you mean Carry On Friends? But it's not like I'm carrying on with friends. We're having conversations. We're going through life. And while I may not be very good friends with all the guests as I am with you, you know, it's like I, I picture myself walking with them, having these conversations. And as I learn from each guest, I learn something. And I remember Carry On Friends was not going to start because I was hiding behind other people. I was hiding behind pushing this thing first or do this first. And you would always say, yes, Carrie. So what are we doing for you? Because, you know, we yes. spent so much time, you know, figuring out what you were doing. And I was just like, yeah, man, no, mama, good. Me do this for you. And it was like, no, no, no. You know, and a couple people always do that. Brian does that too. Like, yeah, we need to talk about what you're supposed to do because I was so good at hiding and not wanting to do anything. And so when I finally took the leap to even start Carry On Friends, man, it was a, when I, when I tell you the mind tricks I had to get myself to just do it and not worry about the perfectionist and all these other things, I think that comes through in the story. And which is why for us, it's very intentional when we choose names because yes. it's a reminder of why we're doing this, right? It's about our friends and how we help people carry on in life. And so I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So I am so excited that we're having this conversation. It is so refreshing that we're having this conversation because I am just reminded a flood of emotions at the moment because 
you know, just to add to what you're saying with carry on friends, um, Carrie, you're one of those individuals that I wish the world knew you the way I did. Uh, when I suggested to YGB, Young, Gifted, and Black, uh, I don't recall which year, for your nomination, I took that as a very serious task because I know the powerhouse that you are. And you've always been that. I mean, Carry On Friends is, is, is quite the platform for you because it's really the personality of who you are. You really are a cheerleader to your friends. You are always here to give suggestions, work through, um, come on board. And I am also that friend where I believe in the reciprocal relationships. So, you know, each time you would give it to me, I would bounce it back to you. And I am very proud of you that you created this platform and that you are carrying the banner of the Caribbean stories. And I believe that we all need to not only support this platform, but, you know, suggest stories. And hopefully as a listener, one day you are on this platform sharing your story. This is a a great uh, space for you. And the thing is too, like, like you were saying about me, Carrie, you have so many skills I mean, this woman is a technologist, a writer. I mean, I could go on. Oh, my God. A great consultant, all of the above. So carry on, friends, make so much sense. And it's interesting that I actually did think about it, that carry on also sounds like carry on. So it's kind of like a double entendre in a meaning anyway. And I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everyone says. <laughs> but, you know, everything, it, it's like taking that risk and that leap of faith. And like you said, for us, it's like, God put this on my heart to do and to just do it. Um, so let's focus now on the work you're doing in the fashion space, because there's a lot of projects you've worked on. Maybe most of them the audience has not heard of, but they're very important to your connection to the the film industry itself and how you get other opportunities. So what projects, I think the Disney project is the one that is the most notable one. So talk to me a little bit about the Disney project and then we can end by the future, what's happening, what's coming up with Femheka and what's in store. Yes, uh, it's it's been a lovely ride. I started with Grit and Redefined, as I mentioned, and I've had the great opportunity to work on uh, quite a few films and also worked with uh, notable companies like Coca-Cola, The Voice of Holland, The Empire State Building, uh, sports organizations, just to name a few, uh, in terms of commercials and brand work that I do for clients. In terms of film, I've worked on sets. Disney was a big one with Keeping Up With The Claws. And I had the opportunity to work with Margaret Ladd, who I grew up watching. Um, it was, it, it was it's, it's quite something else. And I've also had an important story to do the storytelling through wardrobe with the Eric Garner story, which was his documentary film. And that one meant so much to me personally because of just the historical imprint of this story. 
And where we are in America and where we are globally as it pertains to Black lives and being a Black female immigrant, being tasked to tell that story, it was a surreal moment to be 100% with you. Uh, It was emotional. It was the real life reenaction of what that trial would be. So I was hearing things from a perspective that left me feeling very purposeful in that moment. And uh, may he rest in peace and may everyone who have unfortunately fell victim to anything of prejudice, may they rest in peace and may we understand collectively how important it is to tell these stories. Uh, I have worked on The Last Nazi, which is a Jewish film. And that's a beautiful thing too, when you get to, you learn so much because you're working with different storylines and I love period films also. Anything to do with period pieces is an absolute love of mine. I think I have another Miss Colin as an anthropologist or something where I don't know. I just I just love history and seeing the fashion throughout that. So yeah, I've I've worked on a few things. Um Time Can Break Your Heart. I've worked on music videos such as um Truversation with Queen Ifrica and Damian Marley, who's one of my favorite artists, by the way. So when I got called for that, I was like, Yes, me, thanks. And I love Queen Ifrika because she is such, she's the epitome of a goddess in all her regality. So can you imagine? It was just a nice combo for me. And I look forward to working with uh, many more. Awesome. We We talked about the costume design and we talked about working with brands. So Femheka as a fashion line, where, where are we on that journey or that tributary of the entire company that is Femheka? So thanks for asking that question because Femheka is more of a, an umbrella of wardrobe experiences. It's an experience. We often say in Femheka that it's not just about clothing, it's an experience. So there are three different business lines where it is Femheka, which is the product that we sell. We do formal wear, couture wear, bridal. And also for costume design, that's another segment, and for styling. So there are three different areas that I focus on in terms of the product. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, next year, I'm actually working with a company at the moment to do more ready-to-wear to activate my e-commerce site, which is a long time coming. But, you know, like we say, we have to crawl, walk, run, all kinds of things. I'm one person and I just do it as I can. And as I alluded to before, sometimes you're just working it out as you go along. Uh, so I've had some really good things to be proud of. I've had the opportunity to style people for major red carpets, including the Academy Awards, Festival de Cannes, Annie Awards, Um, just to name a few, and worked with a number of celebrities, some of which I have uh, non-publicity clauses, and I wish I could talk about them because I can, I I, I think you would be surprised, Carrie, off the line, I haven't even updated you. Some of them you, you, you know already that I've told you about, but I've seen my work in Harper's Bazaar, I've seen my work in Vogue. I've seen my work on international platforms. I've seen my work on banners. I've seen my work in places that 
I have to tell you, like my heart just swells looking at that, just thinking about what a seed of a dream can actually manifest, you know, and despite not being able to talk about all of them, the fact is that that's where I am currently and it matters quite a bit. And for the things that I can speak about, it's always great to, you know, give a little bit of a highlight into where I am, you know, but to be called from a company like Disney also kind of states the conversations that I'm in also. But I'm a humble human being from Jamaica, Montego Bay, just taking my look at self and walking with God, guys. Thanks, everybody, for the support, for everybody who has supported me and believed in me. Uh, this is just somebody who's just walking with a dream. That's the best I can say, my love. A dream and courage to Thank just you. To, to do it, right? Um, so congrats on everything. I know that it's been a labor of love and it's not been easy, but again, we're here talking through some of that journey and celebrating the wins that you're able to speak about. And even the ones you can't speak about, you can't quietly look upon that and say, I may do that. You know? And That's so, right. you know, if me, me do that, me can do that again. <laughs> or, do, do you understand? Hence yes. the grind. <laughs> yes, I can do it again. And the next again, we can tell everybody about it. So yes. um, I think and one of my biggest clients, too, um, I have had that contract now for the past five years. And this is, let's say, um, the best way to put it is as big of a organization as you can think of on the sports level. And Every year they contact me and I smile very nicely. <laughs> hey, it's our help pay the bills. <laughs> That's what we can do. It's it's also and and you know what it is? It's also that confirmation for me sometimes because of the level of this client. They have access to a lot of stylists. And when they come to New York, I am the person they contact. And that means everything to me. And they obviously love what I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on their radar. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Roxanne, we can spend a lot of time talking, but for the sake of brevity for this podcast, we're just going to keep it right there. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really wanted you to come on, not just to tell the the fabulous glossy story of where Femheka is, but because I know the journey that you've been on and wanted other people to hear the behind the scenes of how you are where you are. And I know you are one who's very transparent about that journey because you really, you don't believe in setting up people for failure. You want them to have everything they need to succeed and you're going to be 100 100. Right. Honest with people about what it takes to live your dream. It's not easy. It's, you know, this week you're wee hype, next week you're mix. And you have to pull yourself <laughs> up again and say, all right, how are we going to keep going? And it's a constant up and down, up and down. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs or creatives or people with ideas, you feel like something wrong with you because you're like, why everything's up and down and nothing can just go straight. And it's really never really straight. It's always a something. A day in the life. A day yeah. in the life. 
And you just have to accept that. And the moment you accept that, you literally relieve your own anxiety. It is what it is. Uh, many people who have gone before us will tell you the very same thing. When you think about people, you know that story about the guy who started Kentucky? You know how, how, how old this man was when he finally hit it out of the park? You know, when you think of so many people, inventors who have had so many inventions that never really amounted to anything, and then it just took that one thing. You know, who knows where this journey is going to go for me, you know? But what I can say, I can just pray and hold the energy that this is the path for me because I want it to be, but life has its own trajectory and we just have to tuck and roll with it when it comes and be okay with that, you know? I mean, I, Carrie, honestly, I just decided along the way that this one life that I have to live, I'm going to live it with purpose and I'm going to live it with courage and I'm going to live it with intention right? And it's not about what everyone thinks I should be doing. I mean, in terms of my resume and my background, there are so many things that I could be doing. But this is what I want to do. This is what I get up passioned to do. This is what keeps me going when I am exhausted. This is what keeps me going when something never worked. And I just know that I'm going to have to fix this tomorrow, you know? I've never been this purposed about anything, to be perfectly honest with you. I have had things that I've loved to do. I've had things that got me excited for a moment. This is my 10-year anniversary. May 11th of this year was my 10-year anniversary. And I looked back and I was like, 10 years? It didn't even feel like 10 years, you know? I feel like it just started for some weird reason. Um, but I'm really happy with what has happened. I continue to just put prayer on it for the future because nothing in life is forever, including our own existence. So we just do the best we can in every moment. And that's all that God is asking all of us to do. Amen. And on that note, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> on the internet, you can find me at femheka.com as well as raxanchin.com. And it is also consistent on all social media platforms. If any social media platform that you happen to use, look for Raxanchin or Femheka. And I'll spell the names for you. Femheka is F-E-M-H-E-K-A and Raxanchin, R-A-X-A-N-N-C-H-I-N. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hearing my story. And I wish everyone magic in their own journey in this life. There's nothing else for me to add other than until next time, walk good. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends. Carry On Friends.